When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Hale Varsity Radio Saturday Morning Show. Strap yourselves in. Here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt. Y'all don't even know he was a virgin until he's 28, and now, roll tide. And Mark Cranach. Time has come for someone to put his foot down. And that foot is me. Welcome to it, Weekend Editions here at Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency. It feels like a Big Ten football Saturday. A little crispness in the air. About 37 degrees. Some of us are here at the Single Barrel uh, Weekend pregame show, 7 to 9. Junior's just off to my right, and he is... He is hammering scrambled eggs and breakfast potatoes. He even got some fruit, and he's got a breakfast pizza. He has no desire to want to be on camera. I got that look from him. He is actually, air quote, working security a little bit later. That's... uh, entertaining to think about great to like be in with the stadium you on a saturday morning hail varsity radio chris schmidt mark cranach and elijah herbal herbal's uh back from his friday night wedding that may or may not have had an open bar mark cranach looks like he's gonna go scare people in a convenience store and uh, I, think, <laughs> I comb i comb my hair uh those people saturday would have mor- to be really small and really weak <laughs> <laughs> to be scared. To be scared. Uh, you can watch. Order. You can watch the shenanigans as always. Uh, you can stream as ESPN Lincoln, Facebook, ESPN Lincoln, Twitter, and the Hale Varsity Radio Twitter page at H Varsity Radio. Rewind coming up here in about twenty-five minutes or so. Former Gopher coach and Kansas coach Glenn Mason. A lot of years with BTN. Uh, still does radio in the Twin Cities. His insight on Nebraska, Minnesota. His insight on the Nebraska job. He has seen it through different decades. That's kind of been the story. Uh, it shifted from, well, can Nebraska play play well and win shorthanded to all the court coaching search smoke on Thursday. The uh, air quote yeah. false alarm mark and uh and now we we fast forward to kick off at 11 on espn2 and minnesota has been a flat out problem uh they are gritty they are tough they're physical they don't care how it looks they just get it done uh they've got it done to the tune of two uh nine plus win seasons under fleck he's poised for another bowl season minnesota's out milling around right just to my left actually uh, and they're they're here, uh, and they're they're ready to do what they do, and that's come and, and go win in Lincoln as now a fourteen and a half point favorite. Jeez, yeah, and man, you saw the stretch coming for a little while, and <laughs> and as soon as as soon as it became clear once Frost was fired that this was going to be that kind of year, that is just odd, and you know whatever hopes you had, they're gone. And you just kind of have to get through the season. You got to show progress. You immediately thought of how 
Ibrahim or is it Ibrahim? Ibrahim. Ibrahim or Ibrahim? I've heard I've heard every possible Ibrahim, as I believe is what I believe the Ibrahim like, ha- anyway. like Hammy, like like. But you thought about like the dude how is him Ibrahim. Okay, whatever. You thought about how Braylon Ibrahim Corum. We're going to do unspeakable things to Nebraska, right? And and you know I, you weren't as worried about Chase Brown at the beginning, and, t- and then as the season went along, you're like, okay, worry about him too. So it's a gauntlet Nebraska is about to go through, and I think out of that entire crew, all, everybody I just mentioned, it's kind of hard mm-hmm. to stack rank them. But man, I, I'd put Ibrahim right at the wow. That's tough. Like, if you had to pick between the four backs that Nebraska is going to face in a row, Corum, Allen, Ibrahim, Brown. I, who? He he I, might he he's in he's his sixth the year. To deal with. He's the oh, toughest he, to deal with, right? He and he's done it. I mean, he's I mean, he's he's played a an NFL career, right? Think about yeah, it. He's six a ninth years. year. Yeah, he's a ninth year junior. <laughs> and he's and he's back, and he looks better than ever. He's the uh, toughest after, to after, tackle. After an Achilles, think about that. But don't like he's the toughest to tackle. Sure. He's the short guy, right? With he's giant like powerful, stumps he's like his legs. Yeah, right. He's the t- he's the he's the one that sucks to tackle the most. And sure. here he comes, and lo and behold, Can't you're going to have like a thirty-eight. Up. It's going to be what 39, 40 degrees at kickoff. Nice cold day. Anyways, it's um, man, it's uh. I don't know. This this has turned into a very very strange year, and the and the week just got even weirder. When how does that rumor even? Start? By the way, like it's that rumor like just fed on itself, mm-hmm. from what I can tell. I don't even know if there was a leak that started it or anything. I think it was just it fed itself and then just became a social media flurry. I had people, they're just you know, I have a normal day job, right? I had people that don't even really care about football, like. All of a sudden, texting me within like you know, work confines. They're just like, is, is Nebraska about to hire Mickey Joseph? I'm like, have you ever talked about Nebraska anything in the year I worked here? No. Like, that thing went <laughs> everywhere quickly. Wildfire, baby. Really quickly. And it was all a false alarm. All mm-hmm. a false alarm. And then the football scoop stuff comes out with a couple of names that we really haven't been talking about very much. No. You know, Munkin the presumptive Army names and, have been out there. And, yeah, and Gary Patterson, right? And I mean, Gary, I, yep. And I'm here's, listen, and, and we, we've been over this and we had our therapy session Thursday on this. Oh, that's good. But you, you just don't good have to talk a, to somebody. <laughs> you just don't have a, a, a slam dunk. You, you, I mean, there there are yeah. slam dunks out there, but there's not. It's not a committable offer. Okay, it's no. not. It's not. It's not yeah. a. You're not gonna. You're not gonna go get. Who's proven? Well, there's like three. One, yeah, it's like Urban Dabo and and, 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 and Nick. Yeah, and, <laughs> like and two of the three are good. <laughs> and, and 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 the other third. The, the third one's like you're you're hot and cold on. And then there's everybody else. I mean, Elijah's been flight tracking to to Cincinnati uh, this week. Uh, so so I mean, I think is that like, Taylor that, or is that Fickle? Or is it no. both? Maybe Taylor <laughs> well, becomes Fickle's <laughs> offensive coordinator. Yeah, because you know that that whole Super Bowl runs overrated. Joking. By the way, who's the interim coach mm-hmm. when Nebraska mounted their biggest comeback ever for but Ohio you know State? 
Nebraska had Rex Burkhead. Nebraska had uh, T-Magic. Nebraska had an offensive and defensive line that had NFL dudes. And Fickle has been a guy that's been in the Big Ten. Thank he looked God. dear. And he- he's never left the state of Ohio, I think, except with football teams. I think it's the only time he's ever left the borders is if he was with a football team that There's was leaving great- the state of Ohio to perform in a game. And then he quickly returns back to Ohio. The guy's never here's, left Ohio. He's not here's, here's my thing. He, I'll say this. If you can go win at Cincinnati, the last two coaches at Cincinnati have been incredible when they've moved on, uh, i.e. Brian Kelly, uh, i.e. Mark D'Antonio. Okay. I'm saying they got their jump from a mid-major to Cincinnati, from Cincinnati to either Michigan State or Notre Dame, and now LSU. And I'll, you win at Cincinnati, you're pretty good. I'll add Tommy to Tuberville's you, out of that conversation. Go I'll ahead. Add to the fact that you can be, excuse me, you cannot be a premier college football coach at Cincinnati. You can be a great college football coach at Cincinnati, but no matter how well you do there, you yep. can't go down as one of the greats if you coach your entire career at Cincinnati. Even in the Big Simple 12, Elijah? No. No, you're, it's still Cincinnati. No offense, but if, if you go resurrect Nebraska, and maybe you can get your name on that premier college football coaches list, but you can't do anything at Cincinnati. Even if you can make the you, college football playoff, and people just go, "Well, that was a good season." Well, listen, right. look, I think all three of us are also people who have grown up and kind of stayed within the borders, right? Is that fair? I mean, I was actually born in Virginia, but that was like I was three. I did. I, I did time in South Dakota for a year, but I, mostly, yes. Generally, you have right. And so you're not going to leave these borders for, say, I don't know, North Just Dakota, anything. right? You're, or like, he's not going to, he's been in Ohio his entire life. He's not going to go from Ohio to Nebraska, most likely. Because look, whoever takes this job, while they're, all the resources are there, we all know that. Dude, that's going to be a roll up your sleeves. Like, you better have some stamina, some energy. You better be ready to, like, seriously rebuild. But Right? Like, it's 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 not a – you're not just coasting into freaking, you know, with recruits, like, falling all over you in the SEC. Like, dude, you got to put in some serious work at this job. And it could be done. I'm not saying it's, it's a lost cause, but do you, have the, do you have the stamina for that versus, like, Brian Kelly, like – Go to LSU, and it's just, you know, get recruits all over the place. Simple. You're all you have to do is well. dance with them. All you have to do is grind with them on a stupid video, and then uh-huh. they come. And, it, and then sometimes they don't, which makes you look like an even bigger asshat than you already are. <laughs> but that's besides the point. You know, I don't know. You can, you can tell how much we want to talk about this Nebraska-Minnesota game based on the topics we've hit in the first 10 minutes of this show. I don't want to, I don't want to see it. I like, let's, <laughs> the, the games are no longer the thing. Right, like the games used to be the thing for this year. It's not about the game. Now it's like, now it's the gossip. Now it's yeah, the gossip. It's the drama around it. It's the drama and, and the gossip around it because the games are too painful. To you know, Illinois was painful <laughs> last Saturday. It was boring, and it was pain. It was you just like it, it was just like. Remember, remember when like you wanted your, it to your, be over. You wanted it to be over. Yeah. Immediately, you wanted a freaking running clock in that second half and you kind of had it with time of possession but to you know there is some intrigue today about the game uh because it's a continual audition for mickey right and and they're still yeah, well, pop they're still pop made. do you really no 
feel you. To move to move on, I don't. I think no, Nikki. No, I, I, I'm not saying whether it's to move on. I think the decision's made regardless. Okay. I don't think what happens versus Minnesota or what happened versus Illinois really holds much of a bearing, unless it's a total like you know 84 to nothing or whatever. Sure, no, he's not well, coming back. I, I, we're but, probably talking about this being the final week of his audition, though. When if you look at what the, the decision you're, you're going to have to make, you're going to have to move. You're going to have to move towards him or someone else after today. Yes. The Today's the jumping made. off point. The, the decision's made. And here's the can, can, right? Like, you have to figure well, that. I, I would Tre- Trev Albert's made, been moving these. I'm not sure he's moving stone yet. It's just like. Look. What, you, you, so you don't I think, think the Trev already in I his think mind? The you, think Trev, you think Trev is sitting there right now just being like, yeah, I don't know. Should I go with Mickey or one of these other? I think the process is way further along than that. Okay. Right. I, 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 don't, I don't think he's sitting there still weighing these things. I could be wrong, but you think about the implications of the job, how quickly you have to move. Him sitting here on November 5th still kind of debating. If Mickey's the guy and he knows he's the guy, don't you announce him pretty much now? Like, right, you know, like immediately? Like, why leave him? Be- I don't know. I just feel like it's unlikely. If he gets named, great. But I feel like the decision's made regardless. My, my take whether is that he's in or out. My take is Trev has a lean right now, and this hmm. is probably the last week where, where Mickey can start doing some convincing. Trev probably has a lean towards, I would assume, an outside candidate right now based on the the what we've been hearing and what the the performances have looked like for Mickey Joseph. I feel like this is probably the last week where Mickey can. You know, do some convincing back the other way because it's probably a three and one finish to the year that I think could give Mickey a realistic look at this job. And and the thing is, is is this is probably the last week where if you drop this one, you're not going three and one to finish the season. So do you, uh, do you think you're, do you think do you think Mickey is being held accountable for being able to corral Mark Whipple, which Scott well, Frisk, that, Scott Frost could not do either. Whipple that, is just that, that off uncle that is just like <laughs> dude, he is he is a year he's just like I don't give a you know. He doesn't give a crap. He doesn't listen to anybody. No, I don't think he you can needs, hold Mickey accountable for that. No, well, here, here's the dynamic that's that's weird. Like, eight weeks ago, Mickey's working for Whip, right? Because Mickey's right. a position coach, and I know he's an, he's an associate head coach. But, but Whip's the OC, right? This is what Whip wants to do. This is the offense we're going to run. And, and I think it was probably pretty interesting at halftime where – 90% of the, the staff and squad thought it was going to be Smothers. Whip jumps on a table and says, hell no, it's pretty. We're going with my guy, pretty. And, and that's the, uh, the, uh, the show you got in the second half. I, listen, part of this, and, and Trev said it, you got to run it like it's your team, okay? Well, you, you better know what's going to go on here offensively uh, in – in shorthand mode if you don't have Casey Thompson today and Mickey was he gets it you you win by running the football playing defense and holding on to the football uh, no matter what your offensive line or quarterback situation is that wasn't what Nebraska tried to do last week Uh, I'm not saying they could have done it but they didn't try to do it there better be some control I think it's a big day for Mickey in that aspect from a management standpoint because you didn't have the appearance of your OC and your head coach on the same page last Saturday at least in the second half once worst case scenario time happened that to me is part is part of 
the, the continued audition. I, I think there's probably a lean. I don't think a decision's been made. And I don't think mm-hmm. uh, a, a win today uh, – I think a win today is, is really impressive. It's not end-all, be-all. There's a body of work to look at. But I think today might be an elimination day. I don't know – I don't know – the temperature versus who's been contacted or reached out to. I don't know the the intrigue of, of a Stoops at Kentucky. Can I get to a playoff and finish in the top four in the Big Ten better than I can at my current spot at Kentucky? I'm just throwing some names out there. Yeah. Uh, to, to, to Cincinnati and Elijah's point about being a great coach at a great program, Cincinnati's really good, and they'll have a, an entree into the, the playoff theoretically. They've already been there once, but do they have a better shot in the Big 12 with Oklahoma and Texas le- leaving? Does, does Fickle leave the Ohio border protection? To your point, Cranach. Um, and, and then there's the Bill O'Brien. You can sell Bill O'Brien because he's a yeah. Saban guy. He's, just let me finish on that. You can yeah. sell O'Brien because he's done it at Penn State in the Big Ten. You could even sell Rule uh, because of his background uh, with working everywhere. I mean, not only winning in, in, in Temple where it's not easy to win, but also winning uh, at Baylor and then setting up Aranda, right, with what they have now, those are a lot of rules guys and rules a line of scrimmage guy. He's a builder yes. as well. So yes. there's there's yes. some some not that Trev needs to sell it. He's not worried about winning the press conference, but just as you look at it analytically, those are some names that I think could work here if you don't go with Mickey. But Mickey, I think is a CEO. Uh, I think he gets football. He knows what it would take to win, and I think he could put a hell of a good staff together and he could bring in guys. Can he bring in the guy, though, that can make the offensive and defensive line of scrimmage be a difference maker again in this league. Yeah, and yeah, you, that's the thing I like about Rule the most too. It's it's a, he's a trenches guy. He's a like very much so. People don't necessarily realize that about him, but that's very much what he builds his entire program around. He supplemented that with RPO good athletes mm-hmm. at at Baylor, but that was a that was a physical team. He was an outsider uh, that went into the yep. state of Texas and became everyone's best friend in Texas. If you're yeah. a high school football coach, they're calling Matt Rule, not whoever's at Texas, not who's at TCU, not who's yeah. at uh, Houston, not who's at uh, at A and M. Yeah, here's but look. Here's the thing too with coaching searches recently, especially at high profile jobs. Lincoln Riley to USC came out of absolutely nowhere. Nobody knew about it, right? Brian Kelly to LSU came out of absolutely nowhere. Nobody knew about it. That's probably what's happening here, too. It is definitely quiet, <laughs> right? They, they have figured out a way, the coaching search firms, the athletic departments have figured out a way to keep stuff under wraps. Little Omer stuff's not, going It's on. airtight, yes. man. It is, it is airtight, right? Like, nobody knows. Literally, like, three people in the athletic department probably know. Nobody knows. Mm-hmm. And so, look, that's, that's just kind of the, the reality of the situation. And when you, when you mention not winning the press conference, which is what Trev said, there, there are only, as you mentioned earlier, too, like three names that would 100% win the press conference. And actually, even Urban wouldn't because people would be pissed about – you know, him grinding on chicks at bars in Ohio, right? <laughs> or flaming out in Jacksonville and kicking kickers and whatever. So, like, that Who hasn't so wanted to kick a kicker, though? 
So, so well, so Dabo and Dabo and Sabin would be the two guys that would 100% win the press conference. I don't think that's the goal. I think what you need to what you need to do is at least, at the very least, it needs to be a name that and a demeanor that people respect, right? And so, and and when you put it in those terms, instead of like, "Wow, it's a home run!" Wow, it's you know they want no to such no. thing. It's a name you. It's it's a name that's tough to poke holes in. I think is what you want to do. And so a guy like Monken at Army, I think at first maybe when you look at Army's record this year, you're not super impressed. But when you look at how horrible they were before he got there, how physical they are, his background at Georgia Southern, right? Option roots doesn't mean he would bring the option here if he was hired guy that's at a military academy which has pretty stringent character requirements and things like that you go to the military academy you're a different yeah, dude than he, going to a power five college football program from a self-discipline standpoint not not <laughs> apples to apples recruiting it's it's not <laughs> but he would generally have most people's respect nebraskans oh playing yeah, the president memorial. and athletic directors they they love and they love service academies brother playing Both in the memorial stadium where veterans and military personnel are honored frequently get today legitimate standing ovations right like that would resonate i, I think nebraskans would respect that hire and give it a shot i think right? it'd be a nightmare and i think that's I, what I, you I, need I, to i, I but I'm, 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 I'm not something for him sure 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 but i'm just saying I think you would need something like that where you immediately where people give the benefit of the doubt. I think a guy like him would get the benefit of the doubt and garner some immediate respect. And if you see him in press conferences and all that, he just he's he's like he's a football. He's a head coach. <laughs> like you, you have no trouble. Believe, you don't have questions that that guy is the head coach. Like he, he plays the role. He's that kind of out of central casting in some ways. And I think that's what you need here. You just need somebody that everybody would like. When Riley got hired, people were like, "Okay, he's Why? Nebraska nice, but he's kind of he's not he's not Nebraska tough like at all, you, you know." And so people didn't really. Bill Callahan is like, "What this West Coast? What NFL right? dude?" Huh? Can, can I say on the other side, Mark? I think whenever you see the other schools that have you know kept it zero dark thirty and then and got and hired some in the middle of the night, Lincoln Riley to USC. Uh, yeah, LSU and Chip Kelly. I-, I think if Jeff Monken's your guy that you're going smoke and mirrors, zero dark 30, no one knows about, <laughs> I think that'd go over like a lead balloon. <laughs> Fair. I, look, and I, I, don't, I mean, why not give it to Mickey is the response. Well, s- sadly, sadly, Nebraska is not in that. It's, you know, USC is while they're Desirable. both buds. Right there. I mean, come on. They're in Southern California where there's recruits everywhere. LSU. You got to really suck. You got to really suck to be bad at USC. Yeah, LSU. I mean, God, you you could literally fill your entire roster with nothing but Louisiana players. Like, literally, you could do that. Exactly. And they pretty much do that. <laughs> so, it's so it's different. Nebraska's not in that echelon. They're just not, exactly. and they actually never will be unless the coasts all flood and everybody moves <laughs> in, which is possible the next couple of decades if you've been reading. But anyway. Uh, so, but but that's what you need to. Ha- if you're Trev, I think what you have to, what you have to look out for, what you're after here is just a universally respected coach. 
like universally respected. Monken's one of those guys. I think Leipold's one of those guys. I agree. Universal well, respect is what you're after more than winning the press conference. Mark Cranach, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, weekend edition. We're here at the single barrel seven to nine ahead of Nebraska, Minnesota. Rewind right now. Glenn Mason joins us. And uh, we'll get into uh, some more thoughts here with Nebraska, Minnesota here on Hale Varsity Weekend. Like what you hear? High quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hale Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, managing editor. I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. Early to rise with Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Here's Chris Schmidt and Mark Cranach. Back with your weekend edition, Hale Varsity Radio, live here from the Single Barrel. The breakfast buffet is incredible. There's uh, some Oscar fans that are in line for that. Also, some Gopher fans searching for some uh, breakfast pizza, some breakfast potatoes. Uh, the first uh, bush lights have been poured here at 735 Ugh, this morning. That so, horrible. Uh, folks are gearing up here. Uh, Nebraska football Twitter. Uh, releasing their video it's game day at our house so we'll see what the climate and mood is like Uh, upper 30s right now no snow or showers at least as i look out here at the minnesota gopher buses nothing's being uh pelted on the windowsill anyway so it's just a, a crisp big 10 football morning some more tall boys being delivered that looks incredible and hope you're well if you're on your way to the football game our old boy brennan who was uh here last saturday in front of illinois is now finding his way to get bambi and make some incredible jerky uh he is a little leery of today we spent a lot of time on this dynamic of all right yeah there is a game but there's also the smoke uh, the fake smoke from Thursday with what Nebraska needs in that head coaching headset. And you can make a, an argument for Mickey, Mark, and Elijah. Uh, there's also a body of work to examine and, and not be a prisoner of the moment. So there's that tightrope to walk if you're Trev. But he's also had a chance twofold, A, to watch Mickey since Georgia Southern. All right. And, and and get what Mickey's done since LSU. So there's there's a there's a bigger picture than just two and three right now record wise. Uh, he's got control. The locker the locker room responds to him. They've been playing tough. That's their job. That's not always been the case. Can they play composed uh, uphill today with a backup quarterback? Can you find a way to win or be competitive? And the metric part of this we went over and over with you know what did scott need to do my metric has shifted just a little bit with okay i think he's got it if mickey gets to six six doesn't look likely uh can you go with a guy that that finishes three and nine say worst case scenario but let's say that three and nine is a lot like 
all right, you're in it, and then another bad hand of cards <laughs> gets, gets dealt to you. Right now you're with a second and third team quarterback who gets hurt today, hypothetically, or what happens today, right? I mean, you're going into Michigan next week. You, it is stacked against you, the situation on top of the personnel. So um, can, can they keep on swinging, I guess, is my question here and make an impression. So Mickey's been been watched for a while by Trev. That sounds creepy, sorry. But you flip it around, and Trev's also been able to observe a Leopold. All right, where's he at this season? Started great, trying to get to that sixth win now for a, a, a fourth straight week. You're watching what's going on in Manhattan. You're watching what's happening in Kentucky. You're watching what's happening in uh, at, at NC State. You're watching, right? I mean, Trev's got his eyes everywhere. You're watching what's happening in Cincinnati. So, hypothetically, so uh, there's just a lot of observation going on, and and eventually. You know, if you believe uh, some of the reports, if a double secret uh, get-together did happen Thursday, I mean, my info says that Mickey was the only guy talked about Thursday, uh, just with some higher-ups, right? There's no other coaches that have been mentioned, and I think a decision's got to be made rather quickly if you're Trev, and today's probably a last chance to make a lasting impression. Well, and, and think about how the tenor of this game would change if Casey Thompson does strut out there and start this game for the Huskers, and I'm not saying that's going to happen, my inside sources, Shmi just talking about his inside sources, my inside sources, and I'm not kidding here, indicate that he was seen opening a door at the stadium yesterday with that injured hand. Now, does that mean you're oh. good enough to play football? Oh. I don't know, probably not, but he was seen opening a door with that busted hand. So, Does his elbow resemble Trev's elbow before Florida State, Nebraska, 94 Orange Bowl? That's what in I want to know. Case, in which case, Casey can't really use it as a club as Trev did. Uh, that's what he did defensively. He just <laughs> literally used it as a, a weapon. To, yeah. to the tune of <laughs> nine tackles and three sacks against Charlie Ward. Which was three times more uh, sacks than Charlie had experienced all year. Exactly. Uh, he had only been sacked a single time before that. Your happened. Orange Bowl MVP, Trev Alberts. Can Trev be like... AD coach, you know, I think he has the right sort of mentality and approach for all this. Look, I now he's got he okay, maybe maybe you guys have convinced me that there's a lean at least right now, but I refuse to believe that it has been a game by game like audition. And Trev is sitting there just saying, well, hmm, in the Illinois game. I don't, I don't think he's flip flopping, but I think it's all part of. Uh, you know, back in the day where you had your, your Friday quizzes, you had your midterm, you had your well, first. It, to me, to me it's got, more of a. You've got three, three tests and a bunch of quizzes. To, to me, it's more of a. For one grade. I, I think Trev was probably treating this entire process as if going outside was the plan all along. And he was waiting to see if Mickey could convince him. Change my mind. Right. It, it's a change my mind type thing. And that's why I think that the time's Fair. running out for Mickey. If you can't win this game today, I think you're out of time to train to change Trev's mind. You got to get those wheels turning. You got to get pinned to paper on a contract. That's all coming up here in the next two weeks. So but if I you can't win this game, but I do believe that if you can win this game, if you can go three and one to finish the year, that'll be enough to, to change Trev's <laughs> mind. So he could have a plan incredible. A. He could have a plan well, A. He could have a guy that's ready, but I think Mickey still has time to change Trev's mind. But if you lose this one today, I think that's that's probably it. I think that's now Trev going, okay, let's, let's get these wheels turning. Let's get pen to paper. Let's get our guy signed. Maybe. It's just the, the only thing I, I don't like about that theory is that Trev is smart enough to know that Nebraska cannot run block 
or pass protect. Period. So it's not a fair <laughs> so, test. It's not a fair observation. Mickey's speech isn't changing that, right? Like it's like, dude, that's just what's up this year. Like it's not. They they cannot perform on the offensive line as a Big Ten team needs to perform on the offensive line. And I would say defensive lines too, right? It's just, they just, they can't, right? And so it doesn't matter what Mickey says. It does not matter what Mickey says. So if anything, he's probably being evaluated on how does he have command of the team? How does the team respond to him? What is the plan that he's been able to articulate to Trev of what he would do if he was the head job. Those are the things that he's being evaluated on more than the wins, losses on the weekends because Nebraska does not block the other team. (laughs) And that's not – and Mickey can't do anything about that midseason, man. Like, you just can't. Like, what what are you going to do? Like, you don't just – Hey, I got this idea. How about we block those big animals that are coming after our quarterback? Like, th- they want to do that, but they can't. And so I, 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 don't, I don't think it's a win-loss thing. Now, there is the optics portion of that that would be a tough sell for the fan base if Nebraska goes 3-9, and nine, right? That makes it tougher on Trev to go towards Mickey. But he, he can't hold Mickey accountable for that, he can't hold Mickey accountable for a defensive scheme with an interim defensive coordinator midway through the year with, you know, bless Reimer, but it kind of tells you where Nebraska's at, that a walk-on is their, like, best, pro- probably their best and most productive defensive player. That's a credit to Reimer, by the way. That's not a, mm-hmm. it's not a dig. But you would hope he would be at least maybe tied with like four other great scholarship defensive players, but he's not right. It's just, they're so behind when it comes to personnel in the spots that you need to have good personnel and probably coaching that is, I mean, how do you hold Mickey accountable for that? Like seriously, well, how do you do that? To your, to your point about Reimer and how good he looked. I mean, this has all been pretty fascinating, right? In one swoop, you've got Nebraska airing it out and and through the big play. Remember, remember the the, the portability discussion three weeks yeah. ago. Well, hey, they're they're scoring points, they're making it work. Can that be sustained? And right now, that's the big question mark because of of who's going to be behind center, likely. You, you flip it around. What happened with the defense and tackling against Purdue? Defense played well enough to win last Saturday, and as much hell as Whipple's caught with the Purdy decision in the second half, uh, what he had drawn up in the first half gave you a lead against that defense. You were you were gashing that defense with your offense, with the big play. Think of the 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 the, the yards even without Trey Palmer. You were finding Alante Brown. You were getting. Uh, you know, Ramir, what could have been, right? You want to talk about a 14-point swing yeah. in the history of Husker football on the wheel route. Nebraska was up 9-6 to six, yeah. uh, in that second quarter, uh, despite everything. Uh, you, had a, uh, you had defense flying around the football. Now the, the, the plot thickens here with your second and third team quarterback. Can you generate some time of possession? Uh, you're, you're asking Ernest Hausman to to grow up fast. We sat down with E this week and and he's got such a high standard internally for himself 
but he's also not freaking out that it hasn't been gone. It hasn't gone real smooth for him. I mean, he's going to be incredible because of what he's had to go through this year and his life in general. I mean, he's just a warrior. But, I mean, Nebraska has so many things stacked against it, to your point, not just the obvious. Why can't you get your four stars to be better on the lines of scrimmage? It, it keeps shifting with, all right, can you make do? I think that has been what has been most impressive about Mickey is the fact he's had to roll with a lot of punches, man, and he's still standing. Yeah, he is. And, I mean, there's a lot of factors at play here. And I think most listeners probably had read that article uh, from earlier in the week, which got Sports like Illustrated already. Mm-hmm. The Sports Illustrated article from Ross Dellinger where – you know, I, I think most of us were probably surprised. I was surprised at how much the article centered on race, right? And centered mm-hmm. on the experience of what it is like to be an African-American not from here living in Nebraska. <laughs> I was surprised by that, right? I, I, just, I just didn't know that that was the, the angle that was going to be taken. Um, and I think we're... I think it's it's Im- think, it's an important angle, and don't kid yourself in that locker room. It's a very important uh-huh. angle. I think, and I think we're 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 ignorant if we don't think that that is also a factor, big time, not the deciding factor, in Trev Albert's mind. Trev's a progressive guy, right? Big time. He, it's a factor, and it's not a. This isn't a, an affirmative action or whatever. You know, where hire the most qualified. We're not even getting into that. Of course, he's going to hire the most qualified person for the situation um but that was an interesting angle in there right like that was an interesting thing where you're just like wow that is a little bit more of a and so if you're nebraska here's the thing i i feel it's not like mickey is the only savior that nebraska can pull here because nebraska is going to have ridiculous amounts of money I think we got to brace ourselves for that, too. Like, there's going to be some money flying around here that we've never seen in terms of coordinator pay and all that. Mickey's not the only human being on the planet that can help with this. Um, but it, it, I feel so strongly that he has to be a part of this next staff. Like, Mickey walking out the door, exiting Lincoln, I, I, ugh, I think that that's, would be that's really That's a hand grenade. That's a that bad would be deal. a really tough thing in the locker room. Can I ask right? you this? That would, and that would that would that would directly directly inhibit the, the the recruiting class and then recruiting like writ large. Give give Mickey some time here. There are going to be plenty of players walking through that door, <laughs> right? Like and you we know you've got to you've got to pay him to stay if it gets to that. Now I don't know how real Arizona State is. I mean, you've got the SI article. You've got Arizona State this week. That's a Mickey agent plant. That seems right, pretty obvious. Right, right. You've got yeah. a couple of different media moments this week in favor of Mickey that'll put pressure on decision makers to bleep or get off the pot. Okay? Let's, let's get some answers here. You know, Mickey applied for, for a job before taking the Nebraska job as a head guy in a, in a smaller conference and, and I think yeah. finished second in that job race. So, yeah. you know, a little less than a year ago, he, he wasn't a pick to get a head coaching job. 
but now he's accelerated his potential readiness for a Big Ten job, a Power Five job, a monster payday. So there is the race factor. There's the locker room factor. There's the tread factor. There's the former player factor. There's so many things working for him, uh, mm-hmm. but it's just been a 180 on the field with the hand he's been dealt and the mess he's had to deal with. We, you can get through this, right, and keep playing and keep the kids moving the right direction and win some games. I mean, that, that seals it for me, but it, it's all part of this conversation. I, I don't think um, – I don't know if, if Arizona State push comes to shove, if they're looking at – Dion, if they're looking at other candidates, or if you're Auburn. I mean, some of the openings there, yeah, if I'm Colorado, I'm absolutely calling Mickey Joseph if Illinois' defensive coordinator turns me down. But is, is Mickey, I guess, a viable candidate anywhere else right now? Have, have other ADs seen enough to go after him versus the leverage play uh, with Arizona State's people being in contact with him and vice versa? I think, you know, timing timing is everything, as we all know, in careers, period. I mean, it matters a lot. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, generally speaking, Mickey has shown that he is somebody worth watching and capable of leading a program. Probably needs a couple more years, though. Right? I mean, it's just the impression I'm getting from him. It's not think, that he's... Think, think, about, you know. think about if he walked into a clean situation... Yeah, with yeah. with better lines of scrimmage in a league yeah. he's familiar with well, then, in a non-injured situation. I mean, think if it was an optimum situation. Yeah, the thing is, he, is whenever you're stepping really, in, an, really when you're stepping in as an interim coach or the previous coach got fired, you're usually not stepping into an optimal situation. Though. There's usually <laughs> no. a reason that that last coach uh, had to hit the road. So yeah, sure. no, absolutely. No, well, and, and he's been able to lean on on Coach O. I mean, Coach O's mm-hmm. done it twice at two monster programs, so he's gotten great advice from a guy who won. A guy who won. Not, think about this. Uh, I mean, Coach O won nine games at USC and then went and won a national championship, not in the same season, but at LSU. So between Osborne and and Coach O, both those guys have been uh, very steady with how the hell do you navigate this? Because you do have a here and now and a responsibility to the current kids. And, and how did Ed Orgeron get both of those jobs promoted from interim to, to head coach? He won the fans. And that seems yeah. to be Mickey's well, play as well. He won the fans because they won because those those teams flipped it around yeah. and lived a little bit up to their potential. Yeah, well, and that, he's an interesting name too. Like I, I would not rule out Mickey being able to convince Orgeron to join his staff. <laughs> I'm not joking. Not necessarily for years on end, but I could see Orgeron being like, "Yeah, I'll come do that." I said earlier this week, like, "Hey, uh, I'm the guy who just got you all those recruits for your national championship season. Uh, right. Maybe you want to do me a solid now." Right. How much fun would it be rolling into the bar, the bar with with Coach Joe on a Friday? <laughs> oh, well, and, but I, but we're getting to something that's interesting. That would be here, sweet. Is that look? You need like trench warfare needs to be way better, right? Like we know that. Uh, that's 1A. And 1B is like players, 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 recruiting, recruiting, recruiting. Like critically important. And it, as much as recruiting, it's retention. Right? It, right? That's like it's retention and development. Right. It's 
Trench warfare, recruiting, and retention are kind of everything for this next job. So We're asking a lot get, this morning. Even if you get a Leopold, if you're if you're not able to to haul in players, man, it, cool. You'll be a an average, you know, five win team. You'll you'll right? make some good players for sure. Hour one in the books coming up. Brandon Vogel will join us. We're down here at the Single Barrel Weekend Edition. Hail Varsity Radio, hour two on the way. We're presented by Currency. Each year, approximately 5,000 children are diagnosed with brain cancer. Of those children, nearly 30% will not survive, and many of those that do are left with debilitating side effects for life. We're asking you to help by tuning in to the 10th Annual Team Jack Foundation Radiothon presented by the Home Agency on September 29th. Become a champion for a cure for just $20 a month. Visit teamjackfoundation.org to learn more. Thank you for helping us fight for a cure. The Hale Varsity Radio Saturday Morning Show. Strap yourselves in. Here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt. Y'all don't even know he was a virgin until he's 28 and now roll tide. And Mark Cranach. Time has come for someone to put his foot down. And that foot is me. Back with you, Weekend Edition. Hail Varsity Radio continues here from the Single Barrel. We're presented by Currency. For all your equipment financing needs, go Currency. Chris Schmidt, Mark Cranach uh, looks warm in that Husker basement. Elijah Herbal back at our ESPN Lincoln Studios. I'm uh, staring at a lot of Gopher and Husker fans enjoying an incredible breakfast buffet. Fruit, rolls, eggs, breakfast pizza. Got uh, homeboy working on a screwdriver. That's impressive. A lot of bush light is uh, down. And uh, we welcome in Brandon Vogel from his iconic football office. He is ready for... uh, a Big Ten Saturday. Vogues, good morning. Good, sir. How are you? I'm doing well. It, it, it's it's a very Big Ten Saturday, <clears throat> I think, both in terms of weather and in terms of the types types of games we have this week throughout the conference. So let's do it. Uh, get buckled up. A reminder with your friends with the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Using your seatbelt saves lives, prevents injuries. Only if properly worn, buckle up. A message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Folks, before we get into the week that's been, uh, a thought from you on on Nebraska's injury situation at quarterback. Uh, I'm sure Whip texted you last night and and got input. And I always would text you if if I need info info or advice. Uh, That message is, hey, uh, asking for a friend. What do we do on offense? Dot, 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 dot. Yeah, I mean, Whipple's preference might be to find out what what Casey Thompson can do left-handed, but I don't think that's the way Nebraska (laughs) should go. Um, And given what this offense has been, given where Whipple has been throughout his career, I think uh, I'll be a little bit surprised. I mean, who knows? Maybe Thompson is close enough to to be ready to go. We'll start here in a little bit here in an hour or two once the players get out on the field. But I'm expecting uh, Chubba Purdy to – probably take those first snaps to have been prepared as the starter throughout the week and then uh, see some some doses of Logan Smothers is the most likely scenario, I think. Brandon, what do you make of the talk? A lot of the talk was, you know, hey, 
those, those backup quarterbacks didn't look prepared. And you heard Mickey reiterate, well, they don't get a lot of snaps in practice. What do you make of that? Do you think Nebraska needs to implement a practice regimen in which, I don't know, the backups get snaps? <laughs> Yeah, probably. Um, and that might be a little bit of kind of the NFL influence coming in there a little bit. I also think it's not helped by, you know, a, a, a strange season in that regard. You know, not that people aren't doing everything they can. It's just there's been so much change. Like, you know, your best chance to, to win games is with just keeping Casey Thompson in the game. Um, and, you know, with, with this offensive line, simply moving the ball isn't a given, um, unfortunately. So for all of those reasons, I'm kind of like, well, if Chubba Purdy missed a little bit of time and, and that's part of the reason he didn't look totally uh, ready for the game speed that Illinois was going to provide, then, then so be it. I think it'll, it'll be telling if, they're, if we notice the difference this week when either of those guys has been prepared, like, you're, you're, you're going to play. Now, Brandon, I just want to get your reaction to something I brought up back in hour one. My inside sources indicate to me that Casey Thompson was seen opening a door in Memorial Stadium yesterday with his injured arm. Now, are you of the opinion that if you can grip a door handle, you can grip a football? <laughs> you can grip a football. Um, can you throw it? Um, why is the starting quarterback opening doors for himself? We got to get that fixed. That's a culture issue. It's part of NIL deals, you know. You should have a full-time door opener. Um, but, butlers. <laughs> um, I, I think, you know, we'll see. I, I'll, I'll be a little bit surprised if Casey's close enough to be able to go, but him returning to practice for at least a portion, whatever that portion may have been, uh, makes you at least wonder about it until we get to kickoff. Brandon Vogel with us from HailVarsity.com and Magazine Managing Editor. Follow him on Twitter at Brandon L. Vogel. Uh, we're diving into Nebraska, Minnesota. The Gopher team just down the hall. They are enjoying... Their breakfast here. We're at the single barrel inside the graduate in the Haymarket. Swing by. We're here till nine, taking you uh, through kickoff. Uh, Jeff chimes in, wants me to eat some eggs and have a beer in due time. Uh, I am thinking about that. Vogues, you are with us on Thursday as we processed all of the coaching search, rumor, innuendo, just like Trev said would be. And as we step back and get into the weekend now, uh, what's different for you? Football Scoop came out a little bit after we got done talking with some new names. And we, we beat this up quite a bit in the first hour. Do you think Trev's got a decision or is there more of a lean right now? Let's get your Magic 8 ball out. I would say lean. I think that's my takeaway from everything that happened or was rumored to happen may have happened on thursday and then into you know nothing beyond that on friday like i think the search seems to be narrowing um that's my my gut reaction on that and that maybe is is all it is and if so that's probably about the right timeline because you you know you want to have somebody who can be ready to go as close to the end of the regular season as possible you know the recruiting calendar 
you you can't be out there. It's dead period until I think December second this year. Yep. Um, so you've got a little bit of wiggle room after after Nebraska plays plays Iowa. At which point, you know, I think you want to be ready to go with whoever that pick is going to be. You know, how about being able to wrangle Renegade Whipple? <laughs> Frost couldn't. Doesn't seem like Mickey can either. I feel like Whipple's getting up right now. He's got house slippers and a robe on. And he's he's maybe going to change, you know, he... He's, he's going to put on pants begrudgingly and put on his stuff, and he's going to waddle on over to the Dude, stadium. he's in a full Husker red sweatsuit. Don't kid he's, yourself in this weather. I don't think anybody in the building building likes him, but everybody's scared of him. Uh, you know, do you think at, at this point, though, he obviously has – he wants to throw the ball, right? And that's Nebraska's best chance to move the ball. Um, but have we reached the point you think where Mickey has to intervene and just be like, "Whip, we got to slow this thing down." Yeah, I'd honestly be surprised if he hasn't been trying. Because um, I mean, that was you know they were talking about that after the Oklahoma game, which you know th- that game wasn't that influenced by going fast. But this one, this one kind of screams it to me. Now. It, it becomes a little bit easier for Whipple to, to go his preferred path when Nebraska can't run the ball, of course, which has been the case. Um, so that that gives him a little bit of a a, a, cur, a gentle slope there into to where he'd probably have this offense anyway. Uh, but, I mean, Minnesota ranks third in time of possession, one spot behind Illinois, who Nebraska faced last week. Like, they will sit on this thing and have the ball for 36 minutes. And you basically got to be perfect offensively, no matter what you're running, if, if you're only going to have the ball that many for, for that stretch of time. So, you know, if Nebraska could run the ball, like the the path to a win here probably comes in like, well, why don't we try to control the clock? But it's not where they've been. Uh, it's probably not what they want to do when they dream up the game plan on Sunday, Monday. But here you are. Well, I mean, that's that's kind of what winning Big Ten games in November is about, and Nebraska has has certainly struggled in that regard in recent years. Brandon Vogel's with us here, a Saturday morning edition, pregame edition, Nebraska, Minnesota. And Vogel, you talk about the, the strain that's going to be on the defense with this this offense and what we're expecting out of them, saying the offense has to play about perfect. But I think you could say the same for the defense. They probably have to play about perfect to give the offense a chance. So, what does a successful day against Mo Ibrahim look like from a from a stat point of view? Yeah, it's going to be tough to to limit him, you know, yardage wise. He gets into the end zone a lot. You know, Chase Brown last week, great back, ton of yards, hasn't found the end zone. And a lot of that can be happenstance, like who you happen to get the ball to down there. Mo Ibrahim finds the end zone, like 13 rushing touchdowns so far. Uh, I think that's second nationally. He's been over 100 yards for 16 straight games dating back to last season. Um He's gonna get. He's gonna get there. I thought Nebraska really uh, did a pretty good job against Chase Brown. So it looks probably pretty similar to that. It becomes, can you, you know, Minnesota, if if it can, will will throw the ball like 15 times. Like if they can move the ball and score points without it, can you force those those passing attempts up by you know limiting limiting Mo when you have the chance, keeping Minnesota behind the chains. That's that's what it looks like. I mean, if you want a real quick barometer, just 
look at how many times Tanner Morgan has to throw it. If he gets up to 25-ish, then Nebraska's defense is probably doing pretty well. Brandon Vogel with us here on Hale Varsity Radio Weekend Edition. Coming up, the Iron Horse Gary Sharp will join us on site. Breakfast here at the Single Barrel. So you're invited down. Uh, great uh, great thoughts uh, by a lot of Husker fans. They went with the scrambled eggs and the breakfast pizza. Mm-hmm. Vogues, you are, you're right on about that that running game and if you know whips counter there's comfort in his offense and throwing the ball can you execute it that's always the question that's a million dollar question and it's his job to have gotten plan b and c ready to throw the football if that's the hill he wants to die on but you can't really argue with um with trying to emphasize the run and i just i just don't know if this old dog will it's not even a new trick, but but go with it. Because ultimately, the most important thing is to, to win the football game if you're Nebraska. And you got to adapt and, and adjust. And they did zero of that last uh, last second half, at least, against Illinois. Yeah, I mean, it's you find out pretty quick in these games whether you can run the ball or not. Um, and it takes um, extreme stick to to keep, like, banging your head into that wall. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Nebraska Nebraska tries to run it to see if it can. I mean, that's that's kind of the, where we're at in each of these games is like, well, let's see. Let's see if Nebraska can run the ball. Oh, no, again, another week. And then it just becomes like, well, if you don't feel confident in doing that, you know, really you're arguing about how quickly you get away from it or, or how willing you are to even try it, go back to it and try it. But, I mean, the, the results just haven't been there really since the first three, four weeks of the season with the run game. So it's it's tough. I mean, you can say might as well try, but what do you do when you've gone three and out three straight drives? Um, you're kind of left with, with no other options. Brandon Vogel is with us on Hale Varsity Radio. You know, at, getting back to the uh, the coaching search and – Kind of the, the conventional wisdom on this on this uh, call today now is that he is um, Trev is probably leaning somewhere versus having made the decision. Do you feel like the Mickey decision is based on wins and losses, or is it more about how the players respond and the plan that he can articulate to Trev about what he would do if he was given the reins? Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's it's based on wins and losses. Um, it would sure help, like if 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 Mickey's your one A, one B, wherever he may fall. Sure would help to <laughs> to get to five, you know, or or so to to just have a little bit of momentum on the field that people can see. Because otherwise, you know, you're selling like. Well, everything I saw behind the scenes was was great, and that and that can be fine too. And, and I also think there's a little bit the nature of having an interim under consideration in any case is largely, I think, reflective of also what you're hearing out there more broadly. Like LSU, if if LSU manages to to land Tom Herman in 2017, Ed Ogeron doesn't get that job. 
But then when when you don't play a Tom Herman, all of a sudden, like everything that comes out after that is, well, Ed Ogeron really impressed me, convinced me he's the guy for this job. And that that's how it went. LSU got a national title out of it. But I think that's always a, it's always just kind of there with with an interim head coach that Clemson conducted an national search when it when it hired Sweeney. And, you know, who knows who said yes or no to to Clemson? Well, we know Dotto said yes, but who said no to Clemson becomes a big part of the question, too. Brandon, what's your reaction to the, the two new names that we heard this week? Credit to, to Football Scoop for this story. They, they brought up both Gary Patterson and Jeff Monken as, as guys that are high on the list of Trev Alberts. Yeah, strong feelings both ways. <laughs> Monken was a guy who was on my, my top drawer list mm-hmm. last November. Um because I made that just just in case any ADs call me and need my need my help. <laughs> still still waiting for. Um, you know, he, he's interesting. He's he's been kind of in the Paul Johnson option tree and not much outside of that. And I don't think he'd come to Nebraska and run the triple option. Not the way they do it, Army. But really, really interesting candidate in my mind and kind of outperforms what I think are fair expectations at Army. Uh, these past four or five seasons in particular. Patterson, uh, great coach, obviously. Like, he feels like a person out of his time at this moment to me. I mean, he basically got eased out uh, at a place where his statue is outside the stadium. He's not into NIL. He had some really rough, like, press conference comments about kind of – today's player for for lack of a better term i think it's i think it's really tough to to go that route uh if you're nebraska and and want to highlight what nil can provide here um but also just kind of a modern brand of football you know munkin in particular brandon uh, he's high on my list too as soon as i saw that because look outside of Dabo and Urban and Nick Saban, there really aren't a lot of home run hires out there. Right? Just not, right? And uh, so it, it's really not about, quote, winning the press conference or being a home run hire, but it, but it better be somebody that gets the benefit of the doubt and just garners at least respect out of the gate, right? And Monk, I think Munkin's one of those guys. I think Leipold's one of those guys. Um it, and isn't sort of that it, right? Like you're just looking for somebody that's kind of out of central casting as far as a head coach. They comport themselves as a head coach. They have reasonably good results. Of course, they haven't done it at a high-profile program because they would just stay there, right? So he checks that box. Are there other guys besides Leipold and Munkin that you think would kind of earn at least that benefit of the doubt and some respect out of the gates if Nebraska went that way? Yeah, I think I think Rule would, um, you know, even though he's coming off unnotable tenure in the NFL, like the NFL has very little relationship in my mind to college success. Um, I mean, Spurrier wasn't successful in the NFL. Saban wasn't successful in the NFL. Right, Urban, very much not. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, I think Rule would be in that group. You know, like I still think the like Lincoln Riley level shocker here would be Chris Peterson. I mean, he definitely would for me, but I, I don't think that's very. <laughs> there's there's a, a tiny fraction of a chance that he'd even 
I don't think he's interested in getting back into coaching. But when I look at people out there in terms of there's there's no real home runs, and I think that's the way it should be with coaching hires. I, I don't know that there's a whole lot of them in general. Um, Peterson's like the one that would shock me. He would, I mean, I think, I think even, you know, Campbell, some of these names that we talked about a little bit more, you know, a few weeks back, all of those guys kind of garner that respect. And I think I, I have confidence in Albert's ability to lead this search because I think he knows the, the things that you need to have to, to be a successful coach. And it starts on a very, very like small level. Like, are we going to teach these guys to block and tackle? So can that coach do that? you know, it becomes a little bit of context then of, well, how much do people already know that they do that? And with Munkin, it might be somewhat interesting just because he's at Army. He was at Navy before that. Um, you know, we just don't see a lot behind the scenes of programs like that, the way we do a Baylor say. Brandon Vogel's with us. Vogel's, you know, the, the, the trick here is if you go outside and you go get a seven or eight or nine win coach, there'll be a freak out you'll freak well why, why don't you just let mickey try and build up to that in in optimal circumstances and 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 let him get a shot i mean that's that's the the juggling act right now isn't it where uh, the outside versus the the known and it's still been kind of a a work in progress and it's not been a smooth road so i mean that context is super important to me you know, and I even go back to the Riley hire where I was not in favor of, of moving on from Bo because of what he was doing. Nine and ten wins is nothing to sneeze at, uh, let alone a second time if you're a football program. Uh, the national stage meltdowns weren't great, uh, i.e. against Wisconsin. But for the most part, you, you weren't losing to Minnesota or Iowa. Okay? You just you didn't. You beat Purdue. You were at least in that second uh, play spot a lot of times in the Big Ten West or lead the, the legends or leaders or whatever the hell it was. So you you had a certain bar you were going to be at and then you go get Riley and the, the sell job that I bought into was okay, he'll be able to do more with more because you know he was always kind of that, that wow win guy with uh, the little engine that could. <laughs> And, and now you, you fast forward to now, if you go out there and go get to Army's coach or you go look at NC State's coach or Kleiman, and, and he's done well. He's having a great year. So there's some immediate bounce there if, if that's a name. Even even Leopold, even if he uh, kind of slows to the finish line at 7-5, and five, that's, that's sellable. But, man, there's going to be a lot of pushback here because Matt, Mickey's got the crowd. He's got a, a lot of the state. Uh, in his corner, and, and he's earned that. Yeah, he definitely has. And, you know, we, we talked about it on the Thursday show. I think he, like, if you're talking about, like, it's six six of one, half dozen of the other, which I think you get to pretty quickly when you consider Mickey Joseph interim head coach versus, you know, Lance Leipold at six and six. I mean, maybe that's a bad example, but somebody in that, in that range, um, you know, Mickey's already got some trust built up on the roster. He's obviously a, a great recruiter. I think one of the things, maybe the thing that's most interesting to me about Rule as a potential candidate is at, at Baylor, he, he went out and found the people he needed to find. 
and, and Joey McGuire is now the head coach at Texas Tech because he didn't have those connections. So he's somebody where I, I think it's really tough. And I think it, I think Nebraska has to say to do everything it can if they go outside to say, hey, Mickey Joseph has been super impressive here. Um, but at the end of the day, it's the new head coach's decision. And a lot of that lines up with like, oh, I've already I already really love the guy I have who might overlap with him. So um, that's all part of it. But I think I think rule would be open to that based on his history. Brandon, have you been uh, tracking that private flight from Lincoln to Cincinnati? Is that something you're keeping up to date with? <laughs> I haven't. Um, I mean, that's that's another one. I'm. I mean, I'm a little bit surprised that Fickle's name hasn't come up a little bit more often in, in this. I mean, he's another one of those guys. I think what you've got is, is a bunch of those guys who are proving themselves, have proven themselves to be kind of, I think, what we think you need to have to win in the, the Big Ten. And Fickle, obviously, he has Cincinnati playing that way. Um, and comes from Ohio State. He's, he's been two places, essentially, uh, both in, in Big Ten country. Yeah, all Folks, in the state of Ohio, too. Cranach yeah. is, is holding that against a Luke Fickle hire because he's not left the state of Ohio. It's since okay. birth. I, I, <laughs> but all I'm since, saying... Since birth. To your point earlier, yeah. Mark, if a Miami radio station, Sports Talk Radio, called up Schmitty and said, hey, we've been down in our luck for the past 20 years, we think you're the guy to, to revitalize us. They are Schmitty. absolutely on cocaine. Well, I'm, yeah. just, I'm just saying... He said it was Miami. <laughs> I know. What do you expect? <laughs> Good point. I know, Chris's hairdo and uh, wardrobe would fit in nicely down there. Wow, you just can't you can't go a Saturday without punching me in the junk here on how, how my wardrobe is. You look is. like you belong on a yacht right now. Is all I'm saying. Yeah, wow, fine there. Cranach's gonna you know steal lottery tickets here very shortly once the show ends. Vogues is is perched in his office. To hang, hang around Mar-a-Lago, you know. Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> To, to guard some documents. Okay, we've yes, thank you. Uh, no, I'm I mean, bundled if Don up. It's Jr. 37 degrees. You guys have similar. If Don Junior's hair wasn't wow, no, you guys are no, no, pretty similar. <laughs> I will take the Benicio del Toro comparison, but you will not go Don Junior on me. That's wrong. Say, we, we make fun of Schmidt's outfit once. He's going to start going one by one on all our outfits right now and making fun of us. He already, he already made the gas station robber joke with, with Mark. He's trying to go somewhere with the brand and realize, you know what, maybe I should make fun of the managing editor no, of Pale Varsity. <laughs> Vogue's always looks stern and ready to throw down. And Elijah can shut me off, so I'm just going to cut my losses. Vogue's, you uh, have yourself a Saturday, okay? We'll do uh, one last thing. Speaking of light pole, I think I think Jayhawks get bowl eligible today. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yes. a shot. It was. Yep. Isn't Texas like a? Aren't they a, a double digit fave today, or am I, did I misread that? Texas is uh, minus one and a half at K State today. Okay. Oklahoma oh. State in the mullet traveled to mullet land in Lawrence. Uh, I mean, KU's favored okay. by one and a half. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Sorry about for that. Our, I'm going to check out now. I'm not a candidate good. for the next you're job. You're good. No, you're good. Vogues, yeah. we appreciate you, brother. Have a good day. Miami Miami Radio, are you listening? Mark Cranach, uh, the Iron Horse. Gary Sharp knows Miami well. We'll get his take whether or not I'd fit down 
in South Beach. Hale Varsity Weekend continues. We're presented by Currency here at the Single Barrel. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price. That means that you can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for 10 $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. Glad to have you back. Yes, sir. You heard me right. Here are the guys, Schmidt and Cranach. Well, Hector, here's the game plan. You're going to bring us two absolute martinis. You know how I like them straight up. And then precisely seven and one half minutes after that, you're going to bring us two more. Then... Two more after that every five minutes until one of us passes out. Excellent strategy, sir. A happy birthday wish to Matthew McConaughey. He is crushing a bowl of Fruity Pebbles this morning. Uh, 53 years young. He is going to cry when his longhorns fall today to Kansas State. We're here at the Single Barrel Great Breakfast Buffet. Breakfast every morning at 7 a.m., just make it a, a day. Come on down. Get yourself some eggs and some breakfast pizza, a little coffee or a red beer or a Bloody Mary. Go watch Nebraska pull off an upset. Double-digit dogs at home to Minnesota. And then come get a giant steak. The old 96er. Mark Cranach in his basement scaring folks. Elijah Herbal back at our ESPN studios. I'm on my way to Mar-a-Lago, apparently, because I look South Beach and Gary Sharp, the Iron Horse, is tolerating all of us. Sharpie, good morning. Good morning. How Welcome. are you? Uh, good, good. You know what? The weather uh, feels like uh, football weather. Uh, Minnesota's in town. P.J. Fleck got on a bus just a little bit ago yep. and went to the stadium. We all love P.J. around here. I, I think the, <laughs> the term is respect. Yeah, you know what? I know what people like. you got to separate the coach from the, the personality. Mm-hmm. He can coach football. He's I mean, good. Really, really if good. you're if you're in, if you're a Nebraska fan, you can't say anything the football stuff about Fleck because you'd like to have that, and he has owned Nebraska. But we'll see. What a week it's been. We can't go, guys. We can't go a week without having normalcy around here, can we? No. Uh, you tell me this. Um, I don't know where the the meeting was held. <laughs> Probably over Zoom, but. Man, there's uh, there's some timeline discussion going on, isn't there? Um, okay, so there is there is definitely something happening. You don't go 50-plus days, and all of a sudden, one day it feels like the dam has broken. Mm-hmm. So something happened on Thursday. I know that it became a battle of older media, younger media, who wants a scoop, trying to get to your sources. Something happened, whether it be people were briefed on where the search is going or Nebraska is nearing the finish line, and I know that both of those are correct. Yeah. Yep. Hmm. Briefing okay. and, and finish line, and is today's ball game weight, or do you think it's a lean versus uh, an outside yeah, situation? I, I, don't, I don't think today, if, you, if, if Mickey Joseph is in the driver's seat to be the next head coach in Nebraska, I don't think today has any bearing on. If, if, if you, yeah, yeah. If, yeah, if you are comfortable or not with him being your next head coach. Yeah. 
Yeah, it doesn't seem like it's a – wins and losses are going to be a factor, but they're not. The determining factor, and Trev's probably already leaning some way. There's a couple names that emerged early that we haven't heard in a while that I'm just going to throw out there. Um, Troy Calhoun Air Force. You don't hear about him anymore for some no. reason. You haven't heard about Bronco Mendenhall, who's also been kind of on the shelf over there, just kind of waiting for his next spot. I had heard a little bit this week about Bronco from uh, a coaching friend that that was a name early in the search, perhaps. Yeah, but but regardless, uh, it's tough to imagine right now, Gary, that whether Mickey's the head guy or not, if you have somebody who has that much recruiting acumen, that much of a connection to Nebraska, it is difficult for me to imagine – letting Mickey just walk out the door, right? Like, you kind of can't let that happen because what would the ripple effects of that be on the locker room and in terms of just, like, flat-out recruiting, which Nebraska desperately needs? Well, he is. you have to look at him and you go, is, he's an, is he an asset to your program? And he certainly is. Is he a bigger asset in one area or another? I mean, there, there's no denying the relationship between Trev Alberts and Mickey Joseph and a reason why Mickey Joseph came here in December and the way his contract is set up. Now, there was a there was misinformation in Ross Dellinger's article that Mickey is guaranteed a spot on the next staff regardless of who the head coach is. That is not the case. His contract is guaranteed through 24, but if you are uh, let's say a new coach that's coming in, yes, you would you would look at him and want to keep him, but also think about this, guys. When we have been coaching blended marriages, how often do they work? You know, what if, what if and I'm just being hypothetical here because, you know, I, I think Mickey's in a good spot to continue doing what he's doing, is what if, what if a new coach comes in here and he's got this stellar wide receiver coach who basically is Mickey Joseph? You know, what do you do then? Um, but, How do you feel about yeah. running backs? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like the blended <laughs> marriage of, of c- uh, college coaching. You know, you got to take on somebody that maybe you don't know. But in this case, if you, are, if you are wanting Nebraska football to take the next step forward, you need as many quality people on and off the field in what they do for a living in that, in that football facility. And Mickey Joseph certainly fits that. And, you know, and I, I think Trev, as he's gone through this, has probably weighed both sides. Where is Mickey stronger than Nebraska? Is the guy that runs the show or the guy that's part of the show? Gary Sharp is with us here, a weekend edition of Hale Varsity Radio as we get you all set for Nebraska and Minnesota. And, Gary, it almost feels like the game today is taking a back seat to the coaching search, no? <laughs> uh, it definitely is. And I will tell you guys, this is – so this is why – it's kind of a it's kind of an interesting thing as we all we all dealt with the dam breaking on Thursday about information is if it is Mickey Joseph as your head coach do you get out in front of next week at Michigan which may not look good um you know <laughs> because because if, if by chance Nebraska loses today I mean they're not they're not going to a bowl game um Pretty, I mean, that's. I mean, it'd be it'd be a miracle to go to a bowl game because you'd have to rattle off the three in a row, and one of them would be in Ann Arbor. So then everything focuses to the head coach. Well, how do you bring the attention back to? Let's finish out the 22 season. Well, let's take out who's going to be the head coach. Let's make an announcement. So I think, guys, if it's Mickey Joseph, we're getting closer to an official announcement to get ahead of 
what may happen in the last couple of games. So you you know you don't deal with oh geez Mickey got Michigan crushed Nebraska is Mickey still the head coach so I think watch over the next 24 72 hours to see how things um, go but but through it all we've all said this Trev's got a plan he's been very measured in his process um, but I think that he has he has kind of now started to narrow down on what he wants and how quickly Nebraska needs to start preparing for 23 but Man, you lose today. I don't know, guys. Are we are we interested in the last three games, even though you could still go to a bowl game? Probably not. It, it shifts mightily. Uh, it goes from, uh, okay, can they go hang in in, in Ann Arbor, uh, Wisconsin, and uh, that, that spur that's been on your heel? And, and then, yeah, you always want to beat Iowa if you're Nebraska. It's been forever. Yeah, you would still have on the line – you know, you got a couple of trophy games. I don't know. This is this is a weird program, guys. Remember last year? We're coming up on. We're coming up. I know. We're coming up on November eighth. Remember what happened November eighth last year? That's when you made the changes with with Frost staff, and look what the result was. Remember what they did in Madison? They almost won at Wisconsin. They there's a Xavier Betts pass interference call that was not called that almost gave Nebraska a chance to walk out of Madison with a victory and then there's another you know then the next week you come and you play against Iowa so it's a weird program but I think um, I, I think now that we're in November I think some things are starting to fall in line and I think we'll have some resolution and some you can move the program forward is what I'm trying to say. Gary Sharp is with us on Hale Varsity Radio getting back to the football. And the actual contest, which you're right, have because you kind of know what you're going to get. Like Illinois went, that was just an average Illinois game. It was boring, and like mm-hmm. everything kind of went chalk as, as sort of like you would expect it to go, short of, you know, the Bryce Benhart can't get out of the stance thing and the dropped wheel route by Ramir. And what, you know, of course, there were some interesting elements to it, but it was just a boring Illinois game. It was just like, can every I, can game I add one quick, quick, one quick thing on the Benhart thing, which was shared by everybody? That's not on Bryce Benhart. Now, there's the part of the awareness of a guy's trying to, to slice you that you've got to you got to you got to chip him. But they're taught that, believe it or not. That's a great job. In my opinion, that was a great job by Illinois to see that on film on extra points and block that. Um, and I'm glad Bill Bush addressed that this week. That that's how they're taught, and that will be fixed. Got it. Well, still, it, it's yeah, yeah. I know. I, I'm I'm with you, Mark. I just wanted because yeah. because Ben because I mean. Ben Hard has been, he has deserved a lot of the criticism. I just wanted to stand up for him on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it makes sense. And I, I kind of see, I see today is just kind of the same. It's, 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 a, it's a repeat of last week. Unless Minnesota just turns it over a bunch of times, which they typically don't do. They're going to keep it on the ground. They're going to have 10-minute drives, right? They're going to stop the run, which Nebraska can't do. And it, <laughs> right? Well, like, do you yeah, see it well, any other way? Okay, no, I don't. But let me ask. Let me ask all three of you guys. Why do you think Nebraska can't play a game in a phone booth? Choice. Well, I, I, they don't try. Uh, they don't Whipple, attempt. Yeah. Gary, Gary they don't it. attempt to do it. They they do not attempt to do it. They might for a couple plays, and they quickly abandon, and they try to drop back, and you know, they don't even try. Do, do you think Nebraska? And, and, uh, and Elijah, I'd be interested in your opinion, because today is one of those days with whoever's playing quarterback, and if it's not Casey, simple is better. But is Nebraska football on the offensive side with Mark Whipple, do they have, even have the ability to do simple because you get bored? 
you've got to make that choice, Elijah and and Cranach and Sharpie, to just find a way to win. As ugly as it is, or as non-fun as it may be, got to commit to it. Well, I mean, that's look at look at Fleck. He doesn't care. Mm-hmm. He is going to hand the ball off. He's going to chew clock. That's a 180 from how he got hired at Western Michigan. He's adapted, yeah. and you've got to be able to accept that. And and we we don't know, guys, if if they really push comes to shove, if they can go jackhammer and put a, a, a 12 play, 88 yard drive together on the ground because it's not been their DNA. But I would also I don't think it's a it's a problem with the play calling getting away from it trying to trying to do too much trying to have fun with the offense i think it's more this offense can't run the football whenever the defense knows there's a run play coming nebraska struggled in those situations all year long when the defense knows it's a run third and short even first and ten nebraska struggled running the football they've had success whenever you know it's, it's those tendency breaking plays you know you're going second and eight and you go for the draw play that's when the, the rushing attack has worked its best i think it's it's not a problem with Mark Whipple getting away from the running game. I think it's the simple fact of the matter. Your running game isn't good enough to continue running the football when the defense knows a run play is coming, which is that's the staple of the Big Ten. If you can run the ball whenever the defense knows a run play is coming, that's the hallmark of a good rushing team, and that's not what Nebraska can do. Can you run it when you have to? By the way, Jeff in the stream says, can you three talk as if you think Nebraska could win today? Just try. (laughs) (laughs) So No, no. Um, I I don't think they they will today. Well, the whole conversation changes. And this is very, very unlikely. If 11 is playing quarterback, I like Nebraska today. Yes. But 11 ain't playing quarterback. <laughs> I got about 2% that that may happen. Yeah. Um, so it kind of, I mean, I, I, I just don't, I don't trust Whipple with Purdy and his ability and to slow the game down. And also, right. let's be honest, like you said, Mark, the, the, the last two weeks, they're very two similar teams. I mean, they, they have the same mindset. They don't turn the ball over. They don't shoot themselves in the foot. And, you know, P.J. Fleck, that RPO, Tanner Morgan. I mean, they, God, they've been doing that stuff to Nebraska for a few years in a row. But I do think I, 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 I will go out and I will make a bold prediction here. Not really a bold prediction because Nebraska last week was well prepared. I mean, they had a good game plan, guys, until, until the game shifted. They're just not good enough, enough talent to overcome a hiccup when they get off script. And that hiccup was the pass that was a little underthrown to Ramir that he dropped, that it wouldn't have gone for six. We can't guarantee that. But it would have moved Nebraska to midfield, and you're thinking, you know what, we're rolling right now. We're sh- we, outside of a bad communication mesh against man that led to an Illinois touchdown, we're feeling pretty good here, guys. And they had contained Chase Brown. So they were ready to play, and I think they will come out and they'll be prepared to play again. It's just what happens when you get into the second quarter, when things are not on a script and people start adjusting? Can Nebraska adjust? And that's where I just, my hesitation on saying Nebraska's got a chance to win today is kind of kind of formed around. But I, I took Nebraska in 15 and a half, 16, wherever you get it. I think Nebraska is a 27-17 type game today. Well, by the way, defensively, it's been remarkable. Vedral, O'Connell, DeVito, and now Morgan. Six-year quarterbacks. Like week after week after week after it's look, you are dealing with some veteran dudes that ain't scared that have been there that just know how to control and manage a game. And that's not a good recipe for for Nebraska right now. Yeah. Get get old. Stay old. I mean, I mean, they may, you know, you throw in the covid year. Nebraska is going to face two 60 year quarterbacks. And and here's the thing. Should Nebraska make every attempt in the world to have a 60 year quarterback next year? 
yes. when you see what this season has been like. Casey, uh, let's uh, let's renegotiate some NIL, brother. You're uh, you can maybe go to NFL camp. God love you, but we don't project you being on a roster. Yeah. I, uh, I I haven't, um, and I know you, you we're you, we're having a discussion here, but I it's interesting sitting here getting ready for Minnesota because the first game of 23 will be in Minneapolis on a Thursday night. Who's the starting quarterback? Is he currently on the roster? Hmm. Mm. Uh, no. Let's go portaling again. I mean, they, I think I think regardless, I think Nebraska will go and have to find another portal quarterback in the offseason. Who's the OC it, next year? <laughs> it will not be Mark I, I know who it's not. Yeah. It will not be uh, <laughs> yeah, Mark Whipple. He says Joseph might need UNL security to remove Whipple if he wants to run the football, and Whipple is too stubborn not to. Yeah, he's, it, I can picture like a whole Saddam thing going on, right? Like the steps. Well, <laughs> well the, the, okay, so there's, there's, and then all of a sudden Whipple disappears. Hey, it's a whole Saddam. There's a whole part of this equation in this discussion. Is 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 pure Whipple? <laughs> hey, sorry. That would be a that would be such a classic. Well, that'd be so classic Nebraska football. Um, is we say Whipple will run the ball? Uh, does he trust who coaches the offensive line? I don't and know. So there's a hesitation boys. there. I don't know yeah, there's boys. there's a lot of like problems. N- not real connectivity right now. I believe amongst the person that is in charge of the run game, the person that wants to call run plays. Um, but where is the interim head coach to say this is what we need to do, regardless if you don't think that person can coach a lick of their position group? We need to find the best chance to win. And that's where I thought, I thought Mickey, when, you, when it comes out in that bizarre statement by Whipple the other day that Purdy was hurt, okay, if you know that going in and you see that him. he can't play, you've got to still find the best chance to win. But so he, he looked I, in his eyes that at was a little hiccup. He looked in his eyes yeah. at halftime and saw he was ready to go. Oh, well, yeah. That must have been a special moment. I, I admire the loyalty to, to your kid that you brought with you, that you were recruiting yeah. for Pitt. But it, it, it absolutely cut your team off at the knees in the second half. We're out of time. We are? Yeah. yeah. We haven't even talked about the defense, which I think has actually done enough to keep Nebraska above water. Big time. Last week yeah. they did. Two field goals in the second Why do we half? have to get off the air? This is a great discussion. Yeah, What's coming on at nine? I don't know. Got a game to watch that's going to be – sad that's why wow mark, so mark what is your prediction yeah like 31 13 something like that oh yeah. 27 10 all right yeah. all right elijah 31 10 wow I, I just don't see where this offense comes from today personally yeah. which right, well will maybe, of course maybe inevitably maybe defense in a punt return or something yeah <laughs> So, of, of course, Trey will do it. Dewan Gross is being dusted <laughs> off. Hey, hey, great uplifting discussion today, guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Have a Bloody Mary, hug your family. <laughs> Go Big Red. <laughs> Dark well, Hey, as, as I tweeted out, John from Coordination, remember it was oh, this well, year game last year after he was he uh, on the field taking pictures. You remember his whole five-minute, like, recap of the game? Oh, and my at the end, he goes, hovering hope. over the delay dump right now. He goes, so. there's no hope. F everything, go Big Red. It's <laughs> a fitting way to end this show, huh? <laughs> <laughs>
Appreciate you tuning in. Uh, podcast, Spotify, uh, iTunes, Google Play, Hail Varsity Radio, Sharpie, thank you. Cranach, uh, stay away from convenience stores. Uh, Elijah, we will. Stay away from Mar-a-Lago. Yeah, I will. I will. This is, this is beautiful radio. We, uh, we are streaming ESPN Lincoln, ESPN uh, Facebook, Hail Varsity, Twitter, and uh, streaming Real Red Reaction after from the single barrel to continue this discussion of a beautiful day <laughs> and football. Thanks for tuning in to Hail Varsity. A Huda Media Production.